What is good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football, the podcast where we talk about video games, NFL draft news, and occasional movie reviews. I'm Jeff Jackson. Before we get started on today's episode, just a quick reminder to follow us wherever you're listening, whether it be Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, leave a like, leave a review. In addition, you can follow us on the Facebook page at Geeks Who Watch Football. You can also check me out on Twitter. My handle is at MadTitan1018. Today, we are getting a look at something that I've been having in the chamber for a while. This is from the poll that people voted on of what horror game should I review next. And this is Silent Hill. I am incredibly excited to do this Let's Play of the entire Silent Hill series, or at least the team Silent Ones. So just a quick recap. This will be a review slash first playthrough of Silent Hill 1 on PlayStation 1. I played it on PS3, but it's the PS1 version of the game because it was backwards compatible. I'll be then going through Silent Hills 2, 3, and 4 on PS2. And if I have time, I'll tackle Silent Hill Homecoming. But my goal is to just do the Team Silent ones at the very least. But I wanted to give a... This is a little bit different of a type of review. Normally, I have Phil or somebody on. We go through, oh, what's gameplay? What's the story? No spoilers. What's the sound design? And then we give a review score at the end. This one's going to be much more like the retro review that you saw Garrett and I do about a year ago with Sly Cooper. Meaning I'm going to go through the entire game story-wise, what the hell happens from beginning to end. And then I'm going to share my thoughts either as I go or at the end of, oh, I like this. Oh, I didn't like this. And it's kind of all going to meld together more. So it's going to be more of a flowing review. It's going to be a lot more detailed. It's going to go, it's going to be longer and it's going to be spoiler heavy. Um, And I think it's safe to take the spoiler gloves off with this because this is a game that has been out for well over 20 years. So at this point, you know, You've had your chance, but I wanted to start before I get into it, though, of how I started with the Silent Hill series. Silent Hill is my favorite horror series. Um, Silent Hill 2 is my favorite of the series. It was the first one I played. It's in my top 10 favorite games of all time. And my uncle got it for me for my birthday. I don't remember if it was my 14th birthday or my 13th, but I got it on PlayStation 2. I remember playing the beginning of it. I was so scared that I had the lights off and stuff and I played it for about an hour and I couldn't play it (laughs) anymore. It took me getting the strategy guide from my dad. We then sat around me and like four of my friends, like think of like it style of like one had a flashlight on the strategy guide, walking us through what the hell to do. So I was controlling my one buddy was telling me where to go. And the other one was like watching the screen to see if enemies were coming out. Like, cause the camera was tank controls. So, from there, I was hooked from Silent Hill. I then played Silent Hill 1. I went back and played that one. And then Silent Hill 3, I played. The only one I never played and beat was Silent Hill 4, The Room. I played the demo for it when it was a demo disc, but I never played the actual full game of it. So Silent Hill 4, The Room will be my official first playthrough. I also played some non-team Silent Silent Hill, Silent Hill Origins on PSP, Silent Hill uh, Shattered Memories on Wii and homecoming and downpour i never played i watched my friend play downpour or uh homecoming but i never played or saw downpour which was considered the weakest in the series unless you count book of memories but yeah i've, I've been hooked to silent hell ever since so my order was it started with two went back to one and then played three which was kind of you know ended up working out perfectly but it kind of i'm gonna do a re-ranking at the very end just like I did with Sly Cooper, because you never know. For the longest time, Sly 2 Band of Thieves is my favorite game of all, like of the Sly series. And then after replaying it for the 100th time in today's... like 
playing them all back to back, I had Sly 3 as my favorite, which I didn't expect. And I think when you play all of these games back to back, it provides context. You get to see the growth of the studio and you get to see what works and what doesn't. Whereas if you take a break from all of them or you play them out of time, you play them back when they first came out, some things haven't aged as well. And that's what happened with Sly 2 to me. The gameplay aged not very well at all. And I think I didn't notice it because I always played Sly 1 first and Sly 2 is so significantly better. I never really played Sly 3 or Sly Thieves in time right afterward to show how far along they came with the gameplay. Very similar to like God of War 3, how much of a gameplay improvement it was upon the first two. But that's why I'm playing through this again. I'm glad for everybody voting. And I will be doing Dead Space later on. But first, I'm going to go through the Silent Hill series. So... Without further ado, I figure it's time. Let's get into Silent Hill. So we start off in the game. The very first thing, you get this intro cutscene. It has the music you heard from the intro. Please pay attention to this because this is about the most context you're going to get in the beginning of the game. You have a couple scenes flashing to Lisa Garland, one of the nurses interacting with Dr. Kaufman. You see what we now know as Alessa an older version of her with the burn marks and the bandages over her chest. And the key scene to pick apart is the beginning with Harry Mason driving with his daughter, Cheryl through the town of silent Hill. They are passed by a cop who would meet later on named Sybil. They then drive a few feet down the road and they notice the cop, the motorcycle is crashed into the side of the mountain, but there is no driver. They then proceed to continue driving along, and Harry sees in the middle of a snowstorm a girl in the middle of the road. He swerves to a uh, voider, and he crashes. And that's where, from a gameplay standpoint, we pick up in Silent Hill. We start off. You wake up from the car crash. You look. Your daughter is missing. You start to go through the town looking for her. You see what you catch a glimpse of her, you think, in the middle of the street, but it's hard because it's a snow flurry, and you proceed to chase after her. And for the most part, the town seems empty, abandoned. Like I said, it's snowy out, pretty good lighting midday, and then we hear, as we're looking for her, a sound that would become a staple of the Silent Hill series. And upon hearing that, Harry Mason literally watches the world go dark before his eyes. Day becomes night. And luckily, he has a lighter with him. But we're forced to peruse along the alleyway, only to be attacked by what are best perceived as demon children with knives. PS1 graphics for you. It's hard to make him out. And we are perceived and when I first played this, I'm not going to lie. I was pissed because I thought I failed somewhere like crap. I couldn't run away quick enough. I got to replay this whole cutscene, yada, yada, yada. And then you wake up in the diner and you are woken by Sybil, the cop that passed you earlier. And she proceeds to tell you, Harry's asking if he's going out of his mind. Sybil assures you that it's not. So there's something weird about the town. She's investigating it. She is convinced that it is associated with the drug trade going on. We'll get into that in a little bit. But she believes it has to do with the drug trafficking over a hallucinogenic, right, called White Claudia, which would make a drug that we now know or later know as PVT, I believe, or PTV, I'm sorry. And actually, it makes two drugs. But once again, we'll get into that later. 
She then proceeds to give you a handgun because that makes sense. She just says, yeah, you look good enough. Gives you a handgun and peruses off uh, out of the diner. We then proceed. There's a health drink. There's a save point, And we get one of the, you know, classic key moments in this game where we have demons or flying demons break right through the window right away. And you're forced to use your controls. And the controls are something that's going to be right off the bat. People noticing is going to be very touch and go. Some people are going to enjoy this. Some people, this is going to be a massive turnoff. And this is the tank controls. You have three controller options, though, it should be noted. One is, you know, R2 is aim, X is action. So if you have a gun, it shoots. If you have a melee weapon, it swings. Another, and then L1 and R1 strafes, square button sprints. There's another control scheme where it flips it to L1 and R1, or R1 is the aim, X is the action, R2 and L2 is the strafe. And that's the control I went with because I was playing on the PS3 controller and the R2 and L2 buttons are not as good. They're too squishy for my liking. So I played it with that controller setup. Also, it should be noted that you do have a, if you go to the additional options menu, you can change it to have always run on. So you don't have to hold the square button to move around. So in the beginning third of the game, when you're mostly running through the town, I had that on because I didn't want to mash the square button. But then later in the game, when you start to get to the hospital, when you start to get to the sewers, when you start to get to the lighthouse, that's where I changed it back because I wanted to actually, you know, have control over where I was going. So we go through the town. Just checking something here. Here we go. Making sure I'm staying on track. And we're perceived to go to the elementary school. And this is the first main area of the game. There's going to be roads blocked off. You have a, you know, slight puzzle to get to of getting through and around it. This is it becomes a staple of the Silent Hill. At least one and two is the map you'll have. It squiggles out when you can't get to a street. And you make the elementary school and the first boss is located here as well. But before we get into the boss, it's basically you get the demon children that killed you before or you think killed you. You get attacked by them. There's, you know, a couple other enemies. But for the most part, you can either conserve your handgun ammo or you can use a knife. Eventually, you'll find a pipe. So what I did in the first third of the games, I was extremely limited with my ammo. I used basically just the pistol or when need be. I was saving up the ammo because I knew there'd be a boss fight coming up. Uh, later on, you'll also get a shotgun. So the main weapons you can get in this game are the knife, the axe, the pipe, the hammer, right? And then there's also the extra weapons on New Game Plus. But in the gun standpoint, you get a handgun, shotgun, hunter rifle. If you miss the shotgun or the hunter rifle, never fear. They do give you other respawns to find it. So the game isn't, if you miss it, like I said, the handgun you won't miss because it literally is given to you by Sybil. So from there, you go through the school. You solve what is one of the first puzzles in the game. There's actually two in here. The piano puzzle, you know, which is highlighted by the keys. This threw me off when I was first playing it because you have to, you assume if you hear a noise, you're on the right track. And if you hear like a thump, like the key's broken and you hit the wrong one. Not the case. Actually, if you do the puzzle right, all the keys you hit are the thump, thump, thump noise. It's very clever. Um, 
there's a key scene here that literally scared the shit out of me. And it was the sound design is just fantastic, by the way, is the cat jumping out of the locker. <laughs> so you're investigating a locker here and you hear a rattling and you get something. And then Silent Hill loves to do this to you. It throws you for a loop of making you expect something. And so you go into it, you expect the jump, you don't get a jump scare. You proceed to try to walk out the door and then you hear a boom and a from a cat. And it like made me jump. Like this game for being a PS1 game still gave me the heebie-jeebies. And that's just a, a testament to excellent sound design and excellent visuals. Like I said, the tank controls didn't bother me as much because I grew up on this. So for me, it's more used to, especially a PlayStation 1 era game. And I could still use the analog stick, which was nice. So my thumbs didn't get as like bruised as I would. But I understand for people, it's going to be a little different. So you go through the game and the game lays out some hints for you. You will enter the nightmare realm, by the way, in this as well. where And you'll know it when you see it because the greats enter. And this will become a staple in the series as well. You see red on the walls. It's like a rust settling in, a graded floor. And from this point, you have another puzzle. It's like a turnstile one. You can kind of just wing it and turn till you go. But from there, you're going to find some key notes of a hunter fighting a lizard. And that takes us to the first boss called the split head lizard. Now, this fight's still not too bad. But the key here is to run around and shoot it. And then when it opens its mouth to eat you, you shoot it then. And that's what kills it instantly. You pull out the shotgun. It comes to wrap its hands around you and you blow into it. And there's hints around the stories of that to tell you what to do there. And even if you don't do it, you can continue to just run around and keep blasting it. But that's the quickest way to do it. Use the handgun to peck her off at it like bop, bop, bop. And then when it opens its mouth to come at you, then unload into it, and that would be, you know... Now, careful, I believe it's an instant kill if it actually eats you there, but you got to take that risk, and it's just good design there. Like, there's not many boss fights in this game, and I think that might be one of my gripes of it, but the boss fights are okay. The final boss is really well done. This boss is unique, but it is kind of a little gimmicky. Back then, I thought it was the shit. Right now, playing through it again, I'm like, eh, it's a little hokey. It's too over too quick. And boss two, I ran into the same kind of problem. But this was a lot easier than I remembered. Once you clear out that, you get through. Uh, once you kill the boss, the demon world dispels. You're able to exit, and your next train of uh, point is to go to the hospital. And it is here where we run into other areas in the game as well. <laughs> we run into very key characters here. Um, but first I believe, and I'm going to have, uh, don't quote me on it. I believe the first part after this, cause I have my notes here. The next part is you hear a church bell ringing and you go to check it out. And this is where we meet a key character called Dahlia Gillespie. So at this point we've only met in the school, we've only met Sybil and that's it <laughs> really. And now we're going to meet another person called Dahlia Gillespie because we hear a church bell ringing. Harry says, maybe I should check it out, which is hint, hint, you should. And then we run into Dahlia Gillespie here. I've been expecting you. It was foretold by gyromancy. What are you talking about? I knew you'd come. You want the girl, right? 
girl? You're talking about Cheryl. I see everything. You know something. Tell me. Stay back. Nothing is to be gained from floundering about at random. You must follow the path. The path of the hermit concealed by Flowros. What? What are you talking about? Here, the Flowros, a cage of peace. It can break through the walls of darkness and counteract the wrath of the underworld. So that's the point you get in the story. This is like the midway point there. Gyromancy, she's projecting you would come. Really, she's basically full of shit. She knew you'd come because of Alessa, her daughter. But she is the mother of Alessa Gillespie. And she is essentially steering you on the path intentionally to do her dirty work for her. Alessa, or Dahlia, is not who she seems. She seems to, the Flowers does counteract the wrath of the underworld. She is correct. But it's misleading because she's using you basically to, you're being stopped on purpose by Alessa to stop what they're trying to do because Dahlia is the leader of a cult. But at this time, you don't know this. You get the item called the Flowers and you proceed on. And this will come in handy later on in the game, especially near the end, the flowers. But you proceed on to the hospital, right? And this is where we meet another key character. Actually, two key characters. Dr. Kaufman, who luckily is a bad shot because as soon as you walk in, he tries to shoot you and he misses, thankfully. And he proceeds to kind of scurry off and tell you, you ask him, have you seen your daughter, Cheryl? He says, no. Have you said, have you heard of a girl named Alessa? He says, no, he's lying on both occasions, by the way. And he scurries off. Now, a key area in this hospital is you'll notice when you go to the director's office, a red fluid that is broken, like a, a broken glass and red fluid along the bottom. If you want the new game, good ending plus, you need to have an empty water bottle and you need to scoop the liquid into it. If you don't do this, you are locked out of getting the new game good plus ending. You could still get a good ending without doing this, but you're locked out of the good ending plus. So basically, if you don't collect this liquid on the director's floor, and you only get this chance to do it, by the way, once you leave, you're locked out of it because then the hospital warps and changes and the door is locked to get into it. If you miss this, Sybil is going to die. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's the only way to save Sybil is to get that liquid. And the question is, what is that liquid? That liquid, and I'm going to butcher what it's called, is Agloophotis, which is a red vial, and it is used to expel the demons. It is made from the same stuff as PTV. But it's kind of funny. They have different counteracts. They're both derived from White Claudia. The, the vial expels the demon from the body where ptv makes you more susceptible i believe and kind of controls you so they're but they come from the same herb just different usages it's a hallucinogenic and this is part of the drug trade that if you remember sybil is referencing sybil believes that is what the, is the cause of all this because of its hallucinogenic properties the police force has been trying to crack down on this for years and dr kaufman is at the center of it he is the distributor of the drugs 
And one of his nurses is addicted to PTV. And that is a nurse we meet in this game called Lisa Garland. We meet her in the underworld, though, or the other world, we'll call it. And she is very nice. She helps you. We find out that she tended to Alessa, who was a girl with burn victims. She knows of a girl, but not your Cheryl. And she was the nurse responsible for tending to it. Now, there's a little bit of a twist for Lisa, and we'll find out who exactly she is later on. But just know that she worked for Kaufman. She worked at the hospital. She had a drug addiction to PTV, and she cared for Alessa. So moving on. Those are the two things to remember for the hospital. You get another puzzle at the plate per, uh, the plate puzzle. You then proceed out of there and you go into Nightmare Central from Silent Hill. You come across the second boss in the game. So when you leave the hospital, you have to go to the top right corner of the map, which is a huge pain in the ass. But the game likes to make you run back and forth. So you run over to the top right. A scene triggers. You enter the nightmare world and now you have to go back to the hospital. And you run into what's called boss number two called the twin feeler. And this is a worm-like creature. It burrows into the ground. You get the hunting rifle on the left to fight it. I don't recommend it though, because it's not quick enough for this particular fight. Use the shotgun. It's quicker, hits harder, you know. And one thing I forgot to mention, I went right over it for the hospital is this has one of the most iconic villains that are uh, enemy designs that would be used later in the Silent Hill. It would become a staple of the Silent Hill franchise, and that is the Nightmare Nurses. They're a little bit more sexy or sexified in the uh, the later games, but in this one, they are called Puppet Nurses. They are creepy as shit. This is like, that's where you run into this enemy design. So, carrying on, we go through killing the twin feeler but the nightmare doesn't go away you have to proceed back to the hospital where you speak with lisa and you fight the twin feelers evolved form like it's like pokemon here became it goes from a kakuna to a venomoth you fight a float singer moth which if you kill it then the nightmare dispels use the hunter rifle for that fight so you're slowly starting to piece together what happens like i said you see alessa but she disappears the game proceeds to push you in the direction of anytime you see a lesson, you're noticing the underworld fighting back. Everybody's lying to you and saying they don't know what's going on when the truth is they all know what's going on for the most part. Sybil kind of does and doesn't. Everybody else is lying to you. So then you catch up with Sybil again and you guys go to the amusement park. Okay. You run into each other. You help each other out going through the resort area. And it's weird when Harry teleports to the other world because he disappears and Sybil shows this when she goes in the hole after him, he's gone. But you meet up with Dahlia Gillespie again, who carries on to say Alessa is behind all of this, her daughter and using the flowers and using other methods. You need to stop her that Samael is going to cover this world in darkness and what we really find out is the Marcus Samael is actually good. It's keeping this world from, you know, going completely to shit. But before you talk with her, though, we do run into Dr. Kaufman again. You can do an optional side quest for him, which is heavily recommended that you do, which is you go through this, the motel and the resort and you collect a series of items. 
you basically unlock the motorcycle and you find the vial of the drug we talked about earlier. I'm not going to try to pronounce it, the Eglophotis. And you give it to Kaufman and he snatches it from you and runs away. Now, it seems useless, but this locks you into the good ending. If you get the Aglophotis, you're getting a good or good plus ending. If you don't do the side mission, you're basically locked into the bad ending. Okay. And it depends on, because it depends on what final boss you fight. So then we proceed to continue on. You know, you come across... And I'm trying to think exactly where, because I know... Okay, no. So you come across Sybil again, but she's been possessed by a, a demon. And you get through the scariest area of the game to get here, though, by the way, which is the sewers. The sewers are just absolutely terrifying. It's the most horrifying part of the game. You have creatures coming from the ceiling. You have these lizard creatures jumping out of water and attacking you. You have the bugs to stomp on. I just ran and hauled ass through that area because it's incredibly difficult. These enemies do a shitload of damage. And I think it's the scariest part of the game. It's not my favorite part because I don't like fighting those things, but the sewers are the scariest easily part of the game. So from there, you go through, you talk with Dahlia Gillespie, you go through the sewers again, and you run into Sybil. Now, if you got the red liquid, you throw it on her and expel the parasite. If not, you have to fight her and kill her. If you fight her and kill her, you're locked into, like I said, one of the three endings out of the four. You can't get the good plus ending. And then we work our way back once again to the hospital where we meet Lisa Garland one last time. And we come to the startling revelation that, and it's debated, people have argued this for a while with Lisa. It's one of the most iconic scenes in Silent Hill, if not in horror game history. And that is the following. What's the matter? So basically what happens there is people say Lisa realizes she's dead. And the answer is yes and no to that. I My wife compared it best to like Sixth Sense. She's in the underworld and she realizes that she basically is one of those puppet nurses. She just hasn't fully turned yet. Now the speculation is whether that's due to her PTV addiction giving her a slight immunity against it. And then she just fully embraces it and allows it to take her over. Or one way or the other... I agree with this theory. I don't think she's fully dead because, like I said, she's 
just she's just part of the undead nurse group and she's just been holding it off or resisting it and then once she comes to this realization depression overwhelms her and she allows herself to succumb to it hence the blood running down her face and everything and it's a tragic scene back then it hit home it's one of the like most iconic scenes in horror games right up there with Aerith dying in final fantasy 7 like it's one of the iconic scenes in ps1 history so then from there on you figure that out you don't see her again if you go back you see the diary of it talking about her with alessa you realize she cared for alessa she was getting sick of it though because the girl was burned alive and it was just the the wounds weren't healing we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to cover the end of silent hill along with my review slash thoughts And welcome back. So when we last left off, we covered about a majority of the game. We're getting to the very end of the walkthrough, which is nowhere. <laughs> and that's literally what it's called. It's not uh, not to be confused with Guardians of the Galaxy Nowhere. This is a series of puzzle, arguably the hardest puzzles in the game. I will not judge you if you use a guide to figure these out. The game took me about seven hours to beat, seven, seven and hours and fifteen minutes. Seven hours and fifteen minutes. But god damn it, I spent like 45 minutes on these. One of the puzzles I had a cheat, and that was the astrology puzzle. The other ones I were able to figure out on my own. And it's the Grim Reapers list, the light puzzle, the astrology puzzle. I did not. I had a cheat for that one. But if I do not blame you one bit if you have to figure it out. And I like it. You don't get a map in this area either. You were attacked by enemies. At this point, I had like 47 shotgun shells. So I was like, F it. I'm just using the shotgun shells. And I had like 10 healing vials, five first aid kits, and two ampoules. So I was just like, I'm going to just start burning through it because I knew I was at the end of the game. And you discover here the story of Alessa. Of, and you used the flowers earlier, by the way. I forgot to mention this in part one. When you reach the lighthouse, Alessa attempts to trap you in the the seal and you're able to break it because of the flowers claudia or dahlia gillespie then grabs her daughter and they say we finally got you the charade is over and they take her away you then get to the final area of the game where you realize the whole plot which is so what the hell happened but before we cover the whole plot i'll just cover the final boss Depending on if you did the good or bad ending, if you know you're going to get the good ending, you fight Incubus. If you don't have the good ending, you're going to fight the Incubator. So basically, they're using Alessa to birth a god. If you have the vial, you gave it for Coffin, he runs in and throws it on her, expelling the demon from her body, and you fight the demon. If you don't do this, the demon doesn't get expelled and you have to fight and kill her. And by I mean that is Alessa. She's very bright looking and you can tell the difference. One is a demon fight and one is basically like you're fighting an angel. And this fight is really well done. Like it flies around. It takes a shitload of ammo. I used like all of my hunter ammo on it. I think I had like 24 bullets and I used all 24 on him. He does lightning attacks and I learned to wait for that thunderstroke because two of those hits will put you in the red. I think three of them kills you. It might be even more than that. It depends on probably how hard. But I ran around with Hunter Rifle Ammo. It was the hardest boss in the game. But I like the boss design of it. I don't know the Incubator fight because both times I beat in this game, I had the good ending so or good ending plus. So I did not have 
this issue of you know fighting incubator one time i should try to get the end, bad ending on purpose just to you know see it but you come across in this boss fight the plot is revealed at the end so before now we're going to cover the whole story of what in the hell happened in silent hill alessa was supposed to be she was part of this cult that her mother was the leader of and from there they were going to use her to birth a god something went wrong a boiler exploded the house caught on fire alessa was badly burned she split her soul in half half was a baby found and it is discovered that cheryl is not harry mason's biological daughter but adopted harry mason and his wife found her on the side of the road abandoned just outside of the town of silent hill and they adopted her and named her cheryl his wife then passed away four years later from a sickness and then seven years goes by and the events of silent hill one happen the cult bands together with dr kaufman and two others, one we don't know yet. I believe Silent Hill 3 goes into detail on them. And Dahlia Gillespie. They wish to birth this god and their plans have been foiled. But they know the second half of her is still out there. So they need to lure the second half back. So they patiently wait for seven years before casting a spell that lures Cheryl back to Silent Hill. Once they get Alessa then, who's been running from them the whole time, bringing the underworld or her own demons into it, that is when they are able to birth this god that you fight at the end. So, Dr. Kaufman was part of a drug operation. He supplied the drugs that they used, but he also had an operation on the side. He finally gets what's coming to him because Lisa Garland appears and grabs him and pulls him down to the underworld. This world is collapsing once you beat the final boss. And Alessa, as a gift to you, gives you a reborn version of your daughter. She reincarnates as a baby once again. And Harry Mason, and whether Sybil lives or dies, if Sybil lives, she runs out with you and you escape back to the real world. If Sybil didn't survive, it's just Harry by himself running with the baby back to his car. A newborn baby, a reincarnated version of his Cheryl. But this time, I believe Alessa is gone. Alessa is killed when you basically kill this demon. And whether you expel the demon or not, she is able to have the will to reincarnate a portion of herself for you. Now, another key part to take into account here, and there's a lot of interpretation. This is a very deep game with the story. A lot of you are not going to get this on the first playthrough. You're going to get that, oh, this is a cult trying to birth a god. Cheryl's part of it wait, why does Alessa look older if they're the same person? And the answer is the little girl you see running around is a projection of Alessa. Alessa herself is older. She was seven or eight when this fire happened. So she's like a teenager. So when you see her actual body in the beginning intro of the game and at the end, she's a teenager. She's much older than Cheryl. She was just projecting herself out. And she had special abilities. That's how she's able to bring the other world, which is her own nightmares, into this world. And the demons are kind of personified by what she's scared of, right? With this religious type of cult. You have demon dogs, you have flying creatures, you have bugs. All stuff that a little girl, a seven-year-old girl would be scared of, right? 
the nurses even. She was scared because she was in the hospital most of her life because of her burns. She was, you know, in school. That's why you have the demon children because she is a little girl at heart still. And that's how this is all brought into you. The power of Silent Hill is literally being channeled through this woman. And that's why you're going back and forth. So Cla- for so Dod, I keep wanting to say Claudia. Dahlia wasn't lying to you when you said if you stop Alessa, you stop this. But at the same time, you also play into their hands. So Dahlia Gillespie was using you to do her dirty work of getting the two sides back to be made whole. So that's the story of Silent Hill. There is a new game plus. Like I said before, it took me seven hours roughly to beat this game. If you play new game plus, you have a key access to some weapons along with an access to the UFO ending. Key weapons you can get on new game plus are a katana, a chainsaw, and a gasoline tank. That's pretty badass. <laughs> so it's worth to try to new play uh, play new game plus uh, again. Usually when I do it, I try to get the plus ending of it. But I might honestly try with New Game Plus again this playthrough just to play one of the two bad endings. So I've gotten both New Game and New Game Plus, or Good Ending and Good Ending Plus in this game. So what are the four endings? The four endings for Silent Hill is Good Ending Plus is like I just described. You make it out of the portal, a lot, the world alive with Sybil. You get a reincarnated version of your daughter as a baby. Good Ending Regular is Sybil dies. Kaufman gets pulled to the underworld. uh, Claudia is Claudia. Oh my God. I'm going to keep saying it. Dahlia Gillespie is murdered by the demon. You escape basically with the reincarnated version of your newborn, but everybody else is gone. And then the bad endings, bad ending regular is Harry escapes, but there's nobody. He doesn't get a newborn baby. And then the good end or bad ending plus, which is you literally do everything wrong, is Harry is truly dead. He died in the car crash and he's stuck in this hell world. And he, when he escapes it, quote unquote, he just goes back to being dead because he died in the car crash and he's part of this cult now in terms of in this world of Silent Hill. He's trapped. So which ending is the canon ending, quote unquote? People would debate between the good ending or good ending plus because of the events of Silent Hill 3, which we will cover on a later playthrough. But because of Sybil not being in Silent Hill 3, many assume the good ending regular is a legit one. And that's what I consider the canon ending too. After playing Silent Hill 3, I consider, even though it doesn't mean that Sybil not being there, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean she died. Not, her not dying doesn't mean she shouldn't exist in the world and stuff. Like she might just have gone separate ways, which is true. She could have retired and moved somewhere else and got in the hell away from Silent Hill and yada, yada, yada. But I just have a feeling like it makes more sense that, you know, it makes more sense that Sybil, di- everybody died, but Harry Mason and the reincarnated daughter, in my opinion. So Silent Hill came out, like I said, over 20 years ago. I just covered a little bit of it. And now the review portion, what do I think of this game? I think this game has aged extremely well. Graphically, not so much. Controls, yeah, but... The sound design is still creepy as hell. It holds up today. What this game did is it was supposed to be based off of Resident Evil, right? It was made by a team of, if you believe the rumors, failed ex-developers by Konami, instructed to make a game that would sell not just in Japan, but in the West, appealing to the Silent Hill or to the Resident Evil clones. 
and what they created was so much more and not better than resident evil but in terms of so much more than a resident evil clone they created the psychological horror genre in games and that is this sense of there's no jump scares as much as resident evil i think the dogs breaking through the windows in the hallway zombies coming out of lockers resident evil has the jump scares very similar to dead space of like that coming at you silent hill is this long drown out sense of uh, dread so every time you open a door you listen to hear if you hear a radio sound like like if you hear that you're like shit where is it coming whereas if you don't hear it you breathe a sigh of relief only slightly though the game never completely gives you a break like in resident evil once the jump scare happens you have a pause of okay this is relief you don't get that relief in silent hill even when you're not in the other world you get attacked by demons still like there is no pause in this game it doesn't reach to 10 out of 10 decibel of, oh shit, but it's the, it's a nonstop slow burn of, oh, you just can never take a breather on this. And this continues. There's random noises to make you jump. There's door banging. There's glass breaking. There's groans. The sewer level, you don't know if it's a monster or if it's just the sewers making a generator noise. Like it happens throughout the game. And it's just, it's excellent sound design. It has a haunting main theme, which you heard in the beginning of this episode with the guitar strums. It's everything about the sound design is iconic. It's a 10 out of 10 sound design. Now the gameplay is where it's going to change a little bit. Like I said, you get your handful of melee and um, melee weapons. You get your guns. You do have unlimited inventory, not unlimited resources, just no need for carrying them out. Like Resident Evil, you have the briefcase. This game, it's just whatever Harry can carry. He's a pack mule. He can carry it all. And you just hit the select button and you go and scroll through it. And most enemies, you put a couple bullets into them, they drop. Most enemies in this game require a final kick or stomp just to stay down. And what you do is go up to him, press the X button. And you just give a good final kick. Some go down immediately, but most of them require that finisher. And you'll know when they're completely dead because the radio cuts off. And when it's silent, you know you're safe, at least short-term safe. The tank controls were a product of its time. Some people love them. Some people hate them. They would improve upon this in the other games. But it's definitely a product of its time. I found this Silent Hill game to be a little bit more action-oriented, in my opinion, than Silent Hill 2. But I might be remembering this incorrectly. I feel like it's more actiony than I remembered in this game, unless I just completely refuse to fight in the first my first ever playthrough and just run around like a chicken. But you can fight. The enemy design is varied. Like I said, the nurses are haunting. But I wish the enemy design was a little better in terms of it doesn't have that iconic bosses. While it has the three bosses in the game, none of them besides the final one stand out to me where I look back and say, that's definitive. The nurses are the most definitive things, and maybe the demon dogs, but the nurses are the most definitive thing. And Silent Hill 2 and 3 would kick its teeth in in terms of much better enemy designs. So while Silent Hill 1 started this off, it doesn't have the same lingering effect that Silent Hill 2 and 3 did. But I do like that this is a very short, well-paced game. It doesn't drag you through. It doesn't take all day to do this. You don't, you know... You backtrack a little bit to the hospital more times than I would like personally, probably one too many times. But Silent Hill is a pretty good town in terms of like diverse locations and stuff. While there is the traditional, oh shit, half these doors are locked. It doesn't get as cumbersome as the later entries in this series. I feel like it's not as cumbersome as the other two games. 
I feel like the puzzles are well done. And I think it's a really good game. It's a classic horror game that everybody should play. A horror game fan should not miss this. I wish they would remake it. I know we kind of got one with Shattered Memories. I really would like to see what they would do with an upscaled version of this game. So the enemy design is simple but effective. I wish it had better design. I wish it had more iconic boss fights. I also wish, while I like the cult story side of it, it kind of feels like a giant lore dump at the end where I wish they would kind of spread it throughout a little bit more. And while people like Sybil and Lisa a lot, I feel like Sybil, when playing through this game again, I'm like, I see Sybil like twice. Like people are sad when Sybil dies. I'm not. I'm kind of like, I don't interact with this woman enough. And I feel like Silent Hill 2 and 3 have a better supporting cast of characters. So it does the job. This was the first ever entry in the Silent Hill series, and I think it's a great addition to the game. I think for people who ranked this up their favorite, I think it was probably because it was the first one they played. Most people who played Silent Hill 2 or 3 first would probably say those two are better games, and we're going to find out when I do a re-ranking. But for now, Silent Hill 1 is an iconic horror game that everybody should play. It is a genre-defining game that set the standard for psychological horror that many would try to replicate. And some are still unsuccessful to this day, just ask Team Bloober. But nevertheless, it does have some flaws. I wish the controls were better. I wish the enemy design was more memorable and intricate. And I wish there was more bosses. And I wish there was better story pacing. Gameplay pacing, perfect. Story pacing, I wish there was a little more. Because the lore of this world is unique and awesome, but they don't go into enough depth. I would have liked to go into more depths on the demons because the demon kind of pops the out. You're like, huh? I would like more lore depth on what the demon itself they're trying to rebirth. I want more cult lore. I want more background on this. It's very effective and nice, but shallow. I would like to see more depth there. But nevertheless, this is a classic horror game that nobody should miss. I was struggling because I don't usually like to give reviews on retro games as much because. It's kind of like review scores can vary. A game that's a 9 out of 10 in 1999 is probably like a 7 now or vice versa. Some games that were given a 7.5 were like an 8.5 because they age better. And But since I've never done a review for this game particularly before, I would say this game today's standard, not back then. Back then it was a 9 or better. Today's standard, I would give this an 8 out of 10. Next up, I'm going to be playing through Silent Hill 2, which is my personal favorite in the series. I will be playing that on PlayStation 2, the good version, not that shit that is the HD collection. However, if you do not have a choice, you can play the HD collection. It is on PS Now and it is on Xbox Game Pass. Is it on Game Pass? I know it's on Xbox for sure. It's not an awful, like, it's not unplayable, but it is by far the worst way to play the game. So if you have the PS2, you can dust off, play it that way. But for now, I'm going to jump ahead to Silent Hill 2. I cannot wait to do another review on this one. Let me know your thoughts. Is this your favorite Silent Hill? Are you playing through Silent Hill with me right now? Is this your first time playing through it? Let me know in the comments. Reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at MadTitan1018. This is Geeks Who Watch Football. Thanks, everyone, for joining, and I'll see you on the next one.